On this episode of the 2% Podcast, we do a weekly sports review and an AFL round one wrap up of all uh, the games. Just milk to taste like Bang! Milk. This tastes like full cream milk and only 2% fat. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 2% Podcast. For anyone that didn't listen to the first two, my name is Liam and I'm 1%. My name is Jeremy and I'm another percent. And what does that make? 2% baby. So, we'll get started with the agenda, but firstly we're just going to touch base on how our podcasts are going to be released weekly. So we're going to have a weekly sports wrap-up release every Thursday and for the weeks that we have a special guest, we're going to try our hardest to make that every week. But unfortunately, we're just not the most popular, are we, Jez? Oh, uh, we're not. But what does that make, Rob? Very popular. Not a special guest? It does make him a special guest. We'll touch base on why Rob's here. He's our sports analyst at the office. And he knows most things that people don't about sports. So um, we'll welcome Rob in soon. But yeah, so our special guest podcast will release on a Tuesday and hopefully most weeks. And every week we'll have a weekly sports wrap up and life update as well on a Thursday. So Jez, welcome back, mate. This is episode 2.5. Thanks, man. I'm just happy happy to be here, really. Good. Now, do you want to take us through the agenda for today? Oh, I will. We are going through a sport weekly review. We are. Uh, we're going to look at the NFL free agency and the trade period. We are. We're going to go through the Champions League a little bit. Not too much, though. Going to have a little insight on your knowledge about the Champions yeah, League? Not, not too much knowledge. Um, then we're going to get into the Scott McLaughlin and the IndyCar. Very excited for this segment, actually. And then uh, AFL weekly breakdown. Then it's after massive. that, we're just going to get into the our best bet of the week, which if I was you, I probably wouldn't put it on. I would. We're going to get up this week and we'll take a tally on how many we get up. Hopefully a lot for all the listeners. We can win you some money. So, Rob. G'day, Liam. G'day, Jez. How are you? Hey, Rob. He's our, he's our sport analyst and he knows everything to know about AFL and most sports in general. It's quite fascinating to see. Um, and if you don't know Rob, you might have heard him from the second episode when Big Wob from Queensland asked the question from, for Liam O'Brien. This is Big Wob. Here I am, in the flesh. Big, he is? Is, big is better. <laughs> he is. Um, so, before we get into the weekly sport review, I have some Monday antics that I noticed. And it was of Jez. And, look, I was a bit surprised to start the week. It was a massive week. It was so good to have um, footy back, you know, crowds in attendance. What it, Just an awesome week. Formula One was back. Um all in all, great week. Get to work Monday morning. So we go to this cafe um, sort of every day because we don't really have an alternative. And they put some hidden gems in our... It's not my favourite cafe, it's Jez. Yeah, look, I, um, I've i only just found something that I liked from the cafe this week. So. And we've been here for about six months. So um, they always hide stuff in your food and it's... it's uh, 
It's like gold when you find it, like some olives and hidden gems. It's so good. There's nothing better than just biting into a panini and you've just copped an olive. <laughs> That's correct. And we're not a big fan of olives, are we? Maybe some like I don't know if they told us what was in the bit of a description of what's in the food. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't mind that. It's yeah. But anyways, we rock rock into the cafe on Monday morning, and some days we'll have to buy the boss a coffee. Now. We always have to walk there and we walk back. And when we get the coffee for the boss, because I don't drink coffee and neither does Jez, um, we're always taking the piss out of it. So we always say, it's too hot. How can you drink this? It burn your, burns your tongue. It tastes disgusting. It's just no good, basically. So Monday morning, get to the cafe and Jeremy walks in. He gets a beef and cheese pie, which he didn't enjoy. Shout out to the cafe. It was a good beef and cheese pie. And he also says, I might order a coffee. And I looked at him and I just thought, what are you doing? You've never once said anything good about a coffee. Not once. But here we are. What was going through your head when you, you said a coffee? Look, I think I woke up in the morning thinking, do you know what? I'm feeling different today. Feeling different. Feeling a bit different. And I think you were feeling I different. Was, <laughs> I don't know what I was feeling. Um... So I got a coffee, a cappuccino. <laughs> you got a cappuccino with one sugar. One sugar. Probably should have got six. <laughs> was, wasn't my favourite thing. Wasn't your favourite? Nah. Anyway, so we made a big scene of it at the cafe and there's this bell on the front desk where you pay and I started ringing the bell and yeah, it woke me up. I didn't need a coffee, but Jez, yeah, coffee you, did, woke me up you did get a coffee. Anyways, enough about the coffee and so lunch lunchtime comes around and... We're more, I'm more of a, I sort of like to eat healthy sometimes. Jeremy's more of a deep fried sort of guy. And we get to Westfield Helensvale, shout out Westfield Helensvale. We go there every day. We go there pretty much literally every day. Um, and Jeremy usually gets this thing called coffee, unreal if you haven't heard of it. KFC, kebab, um, Subway, they're about your four that you get. Yeah, yeah. Maybe some Maccas every now and then. Who knows? Maccas now and then. Anyways, sometimes I like to eat a little bit healthy, so I might get a salad some days. So I got a boost juice and a salad. Uh, actually, a wrap, chicken wrap from Soul Origin. Jeremy walks over and he goes, can I please have a baguette? A baguette. A baguette. <laughs> a baguette. Now, what was running through your mind when you said a baguette? Uh, I just wanted the baguette. <laughs> 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 what, was so what I was thinking about was the baguette. You just wanted the baguette? No, no, I was looking through the little little window and I was thinking, oh, that baguette's catching the eye. It is. Yeah, so I, um, I thought I'd give it a go. So, yeah, we started the week off a little bit different here and... I think I woke up this, just on Monday morning thinking, oh, I might just try, some, I'd just try some new things this week. I tried what, a coffee, a baguette, and then uh, I did have a lemon lime and bitters for the first you time. You did have a lemon lime and bitters. I also had uh, a bite of a Vegemite scroll for the first time, so... We are. It's that. a big week for me. You haven't lived in Australia all your life if you haven't had a Vegemite scroll. And Jeremy hasn't had one. So um don't know what he's doing, but he's not living, Barry. So we're going to get into it. Now, what's on the first topic? Uh, something I don't really know much, too much about. Uh, something I don't even have a team for. You don't? I don't. Uh, it is the NFL free agency and trade period. So before you choose your team, which will be a massive part of this, um, my knowledge on the NFL is I haven't missed a game in probably eight years. I wake up, so it starts at 3 a.m. in Australia every Monday morning. 
for the Sunday games. And I honestly can tell you I haven't missed a Monday morning. Um, I'm in love with the fantasy football side of things over there that they do. And if you didn't hear the first episode, Cleveland Browns is my team. And there is some big news out of the Cleveland Browns this year, this week. Um, so we'll get into that. So, Jeremy, mate, you go for the Essendon Bombers. And now I hear you want to choose a team that's colored red. Yeah, yeah. It's my favorite color. It's, it's uh, his favorite color. I do support every team that's red. So I've got... Um, there's only two, really. I've got, I've got Essendon and Liverpool. That's about it. <laughs> Is this how it goes every week, Liam? Yeah, it does. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, sometimes off topic, but we get there in the end. So two teams that are red and red's your favourite colour. So yep. have you looked through and chosen a team that you might want to support? Now, you have to stick with this team because you know I'm very strong on it. Oh, yeah, I stick with whatever team I get given. That's, that's all right. So... I usually um usually the way this works when I pick teams is um I go off what my older brother does and okay. I just usually pick whatever he picks. So you follow in the footsteps of your older brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, which brother's that? Uh that would be my oldest brother, Brad. Shout out Brad, if you're listening. He's probably not. No, no, <laughs> he uh, I think he might. <laughs> he might? He might. Okay. Slight chance. So drum roll please. Are we am I picking my team now? Am I Yeah, you're picking your team now. I thought now. we were doing that after. No, well, maybe maybe we should Give I'll the pros and cons of a few teams. Yeah, I'll give you a list okay. of all the red teams that I know of, okay? Okay. We've got the Arizona Cardinals. Yep, good team. Atlanta Falcons. Not good. San Francisco 49ers. Mm, no. Yeah, no. average. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Don't do it. Don't do it. That's don't just, do it. That's just following Brady. Yeah, following Brady. You don't um, want to do that. Okay. Uh, Washington Commanders. Pretty shit. Yeah. Yeah, they're not the greatest team. <laughs> so what what do you look for in a team? Do you like success? Do you like the underdog? Um, or do you just like red? I just like the colour red. <laughs> no, no, no. So um, we, well, the Bombers, are, they suck at the moment. Well, well, well yeah, can. no, you're right. I'm right after the last game, they suck at the moment. Liverpool don't. Liverpool are coming second at the moment. Um, we'll get to that. Yep. And, uh, yeah, that's all the teams I support. Well, the Washington Commanders, do. they used to be the Redskins. Yep. And they wear a predominantly red uniform, but their away uniform is a black one. It is. So the so red and black. Arizona, kind of kind of the same. Do have a black away. Um, good youngster, Kyler Murray, at the helm. So Washington pretty much have nothing going for them. Yeah, literally. So if you want to support a team that might get zero wins this season, Washington's your team. Yeah, but what about, we just look ahead, don't we? Okay, you want to rebuild? Uh, no. Okay, so. <laughs> the last team's also the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, well, there. Nah, stick away from them. Yeah. Um, Holmes, flash in the pan. So, really, you've, you've nailed it down to, I think, two Arizona and Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Atlanta well, Washington. Aren't great. No, we well, had Washington. Arizona and Washington. You don't want Washington? I don't know. You got three seconds to pick a team here, Jez. Ooh, we're going to get a drum roll? Or? We're going to get a drum roll. Great drum roll. I think we're going to go with the. Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona, Arizona. Cardinals. Woo. Have a redneck city. Yes. Here we go. So, Kyler Murray and D-Hop are two great players, and they play for the Arizona Cardinals. Haven't had too much changes this offseason, so they've pretty much got the same team as last year. Um, good choice, Jez. Well done. Thanks, man. Very good choice. Oh, a good team to watch. Yeah, it is a good team. Exciting. Kyler Murray throws and runs the ball. Anyways, so I'm going to deep dive into the free agency period and the trade 
um, recap of the week. So the biggest story out of the NFL this week for me was Deshaun Watson leaving Houston and coming to the Cleveland Browns. Um, massive trade for Cleveland. They've given up three first rounders. So this year, next year, and the year after that, they've given up a 2022 fourth round choice and a third round pick in 2023. They receive Deshaun Watson and a fourth round pick in 2024. So they've given up basically their future for a guy that's very, very talented, I must say. Had a year off with legal issues, but apparently those are sorted now. And if he can get back to his best, I think it's a great move for the Cleveland Browns. Now, he was taken 12th in the 2017 draft um, by Houston. And he's already a three-time Pro Bowler. So that just says a little, little bit about him. In his career, he's got over 30 touchdowns passing and rushing three times. And over 5,000 yards passing and rushing once, which was the 2020 season. Cleveland also added Amari Cooper. Now, most people think he's been around the league a long time. He has. But he was one of... <laughs> most people are right. <laughs> yeah, he was one of the youngest players ever drafted to the NFL. So he's only age 27. Now, I really think this is a good move. And Cleveland saved 15 mil on a... Re um, restructure of his contract, which is massive for us because we don't have the cap space at the moment. And we gave a fifth round and a sixth round pick to the Dallas Cowboys. He was drafted in 2015, number four overall by the Oakland Raiders at the time, and he's a four-time pro bowler. So I think Cleveland have been making really strong moves, and uh, I'm not sure what they're going to do with Baker. Um, he's not happy at the moment. Uh, could end up in Washington. Could end up in Washington. Uh, I think the Saints and the Carolina Panthers are the most interested at the moment by talks, but um, we'll see how that goes. I, I we want a first round pick. I don't know if we'll get it, but what do you what do you think of the trade though? Because you're right, they've given up a hell of a lot to get Watson onto the roster. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's it's so unknown with the year he took off and all the legal issues now are solved, in my knowledge. Um, but I think he comes into a team with a very good... Which he didn't have at um, Houston. He had a shocking offensive line. He got sacked like 30 times a season. That won't happen in Cleveland. It feels a lot like the trade the Rams and the Lions did with Stafford. Yeah. You know, the Rams mm -hmm. gave up a hell of a lot to get Stafford and mm -hmm. raised a few eyebrows at the time. Yep. But 12 months later, obviously, yeah, obviously perfect trade that was for the Rams. So... Um, good things out of the Cleveland Browns. Gave up a hell of a lot, but um, it's got to show four on the pitch. So we'll see. Um, time will tell. I heard OBJ wants to come back this morning on Twitter. Not sure if that will happen, but we'll see how we go. Now, breaking news from the NRL this morning, which caught my eye, and I never predicted this in a million years. Tyreek Hill was traded to the Miami Dolphins. Did you say oh, NRL, by the way? NFL. No, I think it's a, hopefully it's, it's a NRL. Um, Tyreek Hill got traded to the Miami Dolphins. Now, hours before that, he was on a podcast saying how much he loves playing with Patrick Mahomes, and this is... And why wouldn't he? Yeah, exactly right. Um, they've given up a lot, Miami, which you usually don't pay for a receiver because in the draft, sort of, it goes O-line, like quarterback, O-line, D-line as the top three priorities because you can get running backs later in the draft and wide receivers. Now, 
unexpected, but from a Miami point of view with Tua, he doesn't have to throw 50-yard bombs to Tyreek Hill. That's exactly right. Um, he's a playmaker. He's just a wide receiver screen um, and let him make the play. From a Kansas City point of view, I think this hurts Patrick Mahomes more than most people will think. Um, they did sign Juju Smith-Schuster from Pittsburgh, but it's not the same player. Um, they lack wide receivers and depth now. They did get a first-round pick. What they do with that, maybe receiver, we're not sure. There's some good receivers in this draft. but um, It's going to take time for Mahomes to establish that Oh yeah, that um, relationship. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so th- he's only got Kelsey now. Yep. Um, he's getting a year older, so he's getting very old, um, injury prone as well. Coming so up with some bangers, yeah, yeah. Getting a year older. That's <laughs> usually how this works, isn't it? The world works. It is, Jez. Thanks for your comment. <laughs> Super uh, coach has come in and given his yeah. update. <laughs> um, so they gave off a first, a second, a fourth, and a fourth and six in twenty twenty three. Big trade. Big trade. Two. Big risk. Big risk. Big risk, big reward for Miami, well, for Hill, sure. Hill is injury prone as well. Um, so Miami need to do something because they're bordering on becoming irrelevant now. They are. Um, and I'm a big Jets fan and we're in the same division and yep. the Jets are in the same boat. You know, For 20 years we've been up against Brady and the Patriots in one division. It's not easy. It's not. And you've got to make and, – and the NFL is such a beast that you're in a division with only four teams in it and if you're in a division that's like that, you need to um, you play them twice a year. Yep, you need to rotate. Oh, pardon me, sorry about that. You need to um, get those players in to, to have a shot. You and do. probably now with the with the Patriots being where they are, they're probably looking at it as an opportunity to maybe sneak a win in the division. Yeah, I think Buffalo is still strongest. Buffalo, of course, they're strong. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, but they're not division. they're not Brady and Patriots they're strong. Not, no. Um, we'll get into the next one. We'll try and skim through these just a little bit. Russell Wilson. Crazy! Wow, this has ma- been a massive off season. To be honest, I've uh, like on Twitter, I'm pretty active with the um, NFL sort of side of things, and most people have tweeted out saying this is the most hectic off season they've ever seen, ever, ever, ever. So, just says a little bit about this off season. Now, Russell Wilson went from the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos. The package includes Wilson and a fourth round pick in exchange for two first-round picks, two second-round picks, a fifth-round pick, Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, and Noah Fant. It's a lot to give up and That is Russell. a huge amount to give <laughs> up. But Drew Denver's a good fit for Russell. I agree. Um, Russell's arm, I think, has been um, deteriorating in its, yep. in its strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, go and play in Denver where you're playing in altitude. Mm-hmm. It's going to make it a little bit easier for him. Yep. So I'm really keen to see how Denver I think produced. it's a perfect fit for him. Um, to be honest as well, I think Jerry Judy, yep. um, Cortland Sutton, and Tim Patrick coming, like those receivers are absolutely incredible. Um, and I think Russell Wilson, you know, I think he's going to be very good there. So, um, and you know, he's got the, he's got the um, credentials as well. You know, he's a Super Bowl MVP winner. He... He holds the record for the most wins by an NFL quarterback through nine seasons of his really? career. I think it's good for him to get away from Pete Carroll as well. Yeah, not a fan Pe- of Pete Carroll. Oh, I'm a fan of Pete Carroll, not, no. but the same with a quarterback coach relationship, nine years. Time yeah, it was a bit like Brady different. and Belichick in a way. Yep. Um, so time does take its toll, and 
Russell Wilson gets what he wanted. And it's Denver, the payday. It, he does, massive payday. And all these trades basically are paydays. So, um, you know, I guess it's a, a risk for Denver to take their future out of it as well. Drew Locke and Noah Fant both up there with first, second round picks. So, yep. um, incredible. Now, Rob. Yes. Brady returning at the age of 44. What are you going to tell me about well, it? Well, it tells me I retired from, from my sporting career too early. Didn't <laughs> I? Um, I'm a bit older than 44 now, but only just. Um, wh- what happened? He went home, spent a couple of months at home and went, geez, I've got to get back to work. Couldn't do it. Yeah, just couldn't stay at home with the kids and the wife. Um, look, why not? If he can, if he can produce, then so be it. You know, it's not like they didn't uh, do well in 2021. No, they, they, they did pretty good. Yeah, they did pretty well. So, and I think probably Gronkowski said to him, "Mate, don't leave me here on my own." Well, he's going to come back. I'm hearing yeah. as well. So, yeah. Um, so they both want a payday. The Gronk oh. would the Gronk would have partied away his last few bucks. Yeah, and decided he needed to come back and uh, uh, earn a few dollars for sure. So. Makes everything more interesting again because my one motto about NFL is never bet against Brady in the playoffs. Never bet against Brady and never buy his last touchdown ball. Yeah. Would be the other motto you can what go. What was in. that? $518,000. US? US. And yeah. six hours later, he came back. And you know what? They've, they've come out and look, it's not Tom Brady. Some um, cryptocurrency company have come out and said, we're going to give the person who bought that as compensation – one Bitcoin, which is worth $56,000. So he gets a 10% discount on an absolute bust. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Spend your luck, money mate. wisely. Yeah. Don't pay 500. You'd pay 518000 for a Brady ball, wouldn't you? Two years after he retired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the last trade I want to touch on is a big one in my eyes. Uh, big one for Green Bay. Big one for Las Vegas. Uh, Devontae Adams goes to... The Raiders for a first and second round pick and a massive payday. Devontae Adams or Aaron Rodgers, which one did you think would be a Packer in 2022? Look, I thought Devontae Adams would be the Packer. Me too. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Very surprised. I was surprised that Rodgers went back. Um, yeah. Because he just seems to have become stale. Like he's playing as mm. well as he ever has. I mean, he's the MVP. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he is the man. But I think the club had basically seem to have run their race with him almost. The issue I have with Aaron Rodgers, now he used to be my favourite player growing up, um, just to watch, but you look at all the successful quarterbacks that have come through. Now they've taken pay cuts to get a good team around them. Aaron Rodgers does the opposite. You can't afford to be paid 50 mil a year and expect to have the number two, number one and two receivers on your team. It just doesn't work. And if you're uh, getting paid that, you've got to start producing... Championship rings. Exactly right. And you can't do that without a good team. And there is no iron team. And Aaron Rodgers... That's it's five in individual brilliance, eh? He can take the individual medals. Um, but I don't, you know... I think... Like, look at Brady. And he takes massive pay cuts to be with any team that he plays for. So, um, Aaron Rodgers, have a good look. Yeah, a good hard look at yourself. Just remember, too, though, that Tom Brady is not the um, major wage earner in his family. No, he's not. So <laughs> no, he's not. He, sh- he should be the stay-at-home dad. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, if I was married to Gisela, I'd do whatever she yeah. told me to do. Uh, we'll get off NFL now. That was... Uh, be connording with her day and night. But yeah, anyway. I would. Um, now, Jez, you want to take us through your segment of the Champions League. For people that don't know the Champions League, it's a competition 
that the top four big five leagues get in. And I don't know how... No, there's a bit of every league as well. There's a little bit of every league, but the top four from the top from the top five European leagues make it to the Champions League, if I know correctly. Um, and you're a bit of a soccer slash football guru, however you want to call it. So we'll let you take it through. Take I wouldn't it through. say I'm a really soccer guru, but... Um, FIFA guru. Uh, but FIFA <laughs> guru. Uh, I might just... I'll just tell you the... Pretty much the round of 16 games and the scores. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get into in the quarterfinals, which is in two weeks. Yep. And yeah, that's about it. Okay, we'll take us through it. All right, in the round of 16, we had uh, Bayern versus RB Salzburg. Bayern won 8-2 As on expected. aggregate. The first game was 1-0. Wow. So they won 7-1 in the second game. That's massive. Excellent Good. maths. Well done, yeah. It's all up here. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just like my buddy over here. Yeah, he is the <laughs> athlete of all athletes. Liverpool versus Inter. Liverpool won 2 1. On aggregate. Hold on, Liverpool. Man City versus Sporting. Man City won 5 0. Yeah. On aggregate. Real Madrid versus PSG. Real Madrid won 3 2. I can't believe that. I can't believe Real Madrid beat PSG. I, I'm stunned. Madrid's team is just. They didn't have Benzema as well. Yeah, I know. They, they, was miss, they were missing massive players and they've come out and beat PSG. Good on them. We'll Man get to, U we'll versus... Get to the PSG stuff in a little second. You got some important news to tell us? Man U versus Atletico Madrid. Atletico won 2-1. Another big big win for Atletico. They always beat Man U. There's a huge one coming up. Ajax versus Benfica. Benfica won 2-3. Oh, what the fuck have I just said? 3-2. <laughs> And Juve versus Villarreal. Villarreal won 4-1. Beat Juve. Incredible. That's unreal. Massive out of the Champions League. Unexpected. Wouldn't have picked that. Lille versus Chelsea. Chelsea won 4-1. Okay. So in the quarterfinals, we've got Benfica versus Liverpool. I'll take Liverpool. Man City versus Atletico. I'll take Man City. Villarreal versus Bayern. Take Bayern. Chelsea. First Real Madrid. Chelsea. Now what? <laughs> Chelsea. You've got three of the Premier yeah, yeah. League teams. Yeah. Yeah, all the Premier League teams are looking good this year. I think, yeah, the Premier League is just the hardest league in my opinion. And besides, I, I don't think Real Madrid's team is very good. Um, Atletico won't beat Man City. And Benfica, which is a Portuguese team, um, I don't think they'll beat Liverpool. So, yeah, I've taken, which I hate to see. I'm not a big fan of the... Uh, Liverpool, Chelsea, or Man City as an Everton supporter. But um, my hope to win is Bayern. Some unreal scenes coming for the quarterfinals. It is um, the first time in 16 years that Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi have not played in the quarterfinals. Massive. That's a great stat. Just all up here, All Rob. up there. All, all up, up there. 16 Jeez. years. 16 years. Wow, that's a FIFA song. That's a massive new generation coming through. That's about all I got for the um, Champions League. Well, thanks, Jez. Good, good wrap up. Good results. Yeah, I thought I'd be quick. What are you hoping for for Liverpool? (laughs) Uh, Dubs. Dubs. Yeah, we like dubs. Easy. Now, this next topic. It's so my family live in the states, and I'm very close to the IndyCar sort of family. Uh, been to heaps of races over there and where we used to have a racing team in the IndyCar series. It used to called AFS Racing. 
Um, and one of our own V8 supercar driver, or just supercars now, Scott McLaughlin is performing at the highest level against very, very good races. So if you don't know much about IndyCar, um, it's half ovals, so they just go around on an oval track, and it's half road courses. Um, they get up to speeds of 380 kilometres an hour on an oval, which is pretty much faster than a Formula One car, which is very, very quick. Um, some of the drivers in the series that, if you haven't heard, that are pretty good, Romain Grosjean from the Formula One series, uh, Marcus Ericsson also came from Formula One, Scott Dixon, New Zealand local. New Zealand, yep. And Will Power, the Aussie. Um, How's Will been going? He's second in the championship at the moment. Yeah, he's doing yeah. well again, isn't he? Um, but Scott McLaughlin, one year in the series as a rookie, won his first, so start of the season this year, polled P1 at the St. Uh, streets of St. Petersburg race. That's not the St. Petersburg in Russia. It's not. It's the one in Florida. Uh, and he managed to win. Pretty so impressive. It, it is very impressive. Uh, he led start to finish, basically, and didn't look back. The race number two. Yep, which was the second race. Is the second race. Now, it was on Texas Motor Speedway. This is... So, basically, if you're coming from someone... So, he just rode su- uh, drove supercars, which is just road courses. Yep. Um, going to an oval is very scary. Can I ask a question yep. about the ovals? Because I don't know a hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. I follow... The Formula One closely. I love the Formula One and I watch a bit of Indy. Now, when you're in a car going around an oval at 380 kilometres an hour, mm-hmm. this question could be the dumbest question ever asked, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go no with it. No dumb questions here, No Rob. dumb questions. You're about to, this is about to be no challenged. No dumb questions. Do they get dizzy? They're just going around and around and around. I mean, like, fair <laughs> income. Oh, there's too much. Uh, they wouldn't get dumb dizzy. Dumb question, then. wasn't it? Yeah. Nah, no <laughs> <laughs> um, But one one false move and you're in the wall at 380 k's an hour. Um, it's one of the most dangerous. It is, in my opinion, the most dangerous thing you can do in a motorsport. Um, I've been to a few races where, unfortunately, people have passed away from driving. Um, that's why they don't drive at the Las Vegas International Speedway anymore. So um, one of the most scary times to crash on an oval in an IndyCar. Now, P2, uh, the race two. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. I no, took right. us off track there, didn't I? Texas Motor Speedway. It has, it's one of the highest banking ovals on the schedule. Um, and very – so you just got to get a good – so basically wins massive in IndyCar. So if you yep. get like a good streamline uh, behind the cars, it's very easy to overtake. Last lap, Scotty's led pretty much the whole race. Uh, his, part, uh, his teammate – Joseph Newgarden had a very good uh, exit out of uh, corner three and just snuck up and it was a photo finish. And unfortunately, Scotty got P2 in that race. I've got a dumb question. How are there corners in a circle? Great question, mate. Great question. (laughs) Circle oval. It's an oval. Sorry. Oh, so there's corners in an oval. But not a circle? Uh, There's four corners, basically. Yeah, so hang on, hang on. Look, this is this is I think this is riveting podcasting here, Jez. So if we went to the MCG, which is an oval, are there corners? No. Oh, okay. Okay. No, we'll just I think we'll leave it at that, Jez. So do you, <laughs> I would count it as a as a U. Two of U's a, instead of a, no, yeah, just two U's instead of four corners. So basically, they count it when you drive into the first sort of left hander. That's one. There'll be a straight. 
a small straight and then into the second left-hander is corner two. So if we were here in Australia and we were doing oval racing like they do in the States, would we go the other way around because we drove on the other side of the road? Interesting comment. I'm not sure because I don't know too many ovals on the in Australia. There used to be Thun, Thunder Park, I think, in Sand, uh, not Sandown, in, um, in Melbourne. Okay. I think, yeah. So anyway, just hey, these are just questions popping up into my That's head. That's all right. Um, so Scotty is leading the championship at the moment, which is good to see. Um, he's leading by about 40 points. So um, good to see for Scotty. We'll keep you updated on Scotty throughout the year as I think it's really intriguing to see a supercar driver go to an open wheel race and absolutely kill it. So up next is my hometown, Grand Prix. It's a Grand Prix at Long Beach, and it's on the 10th of April for anyone wanting to watch that. All right. Now on to the sport we all know and love here in Australia. Jez, take us through it. Uh, it's AFL. It is AFL. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it oh, is Jez. AFL. If you can only see Jez's face right now. <laughs> yeah, he's not happy with me because I just pushed stuff onto him, but yeah. you've got to be ready for anything here at the 2% podcast. I'm not ready for anything. Well, take us through the first thing we've got in our agenda. Um, By Dustin the way, Martin. this is breaking news. Breaking news. 2% podcast coming here first. Dustin Martin is taking personal leave and it didn't show up after Monday match review. There you go. What are your thoughts, Rob? Um, look, I mean, he's been through a lot in the last 12 months with his dad passing yep. away overseas. And even just the whole situation with his father in New Zealand and he got deported there and everything like that. And then mm-hmm. when he passed away, you know what? What In my mind, what did Dusty have to play for? You know, he, he's won premierships. He's won Norm Smith medals. I mean, there's no other person that's won three. And I doubt that that will ever happen again. Yep. I was surprised he came back to play at all. So, I am too. And remembering, too, that we don't know what the personal situation is. Yep, yep. Um, we have no idea. So we wish him all the best. We hope it's nothing too serious or something that he can at least work through. But, yeah, I was surprised that he came back at all. So to hear this news, surprised, yes. Shocked, probably not. Yep. Well, for Richmond, they're done, in my opinion. Well, there was... No Martin, no Prestia. No yeah, but chance. that means um, Bolton yeah. steps up. He has been playing pretty good. Yeah, but Bolton's a half forward. Yeah, and look, Bolton's a different kind of player. He's not going to get in there and get the hard ball. He's not going to have the best o- the best player from the opposition um, come to him and not be a problem. Bolton, Bolton's a down... In my mind, he's a downhill skier. When the yeah. team's going well, he is a superstar. Yeah. Um, Martin is possibly the best player that we've seen for yeah. the last 30 years. 100%. Now... This has torn a few heads here at the Podfire Studio. And the tribunal news oh, for round one. Now, I'll let Rob and Jeremy dissect it because uh, I'm on the side of Rob. And I think the tribunal has messed up here round one. Once again, and they've set the, themselves up to failure for the rest of the season. Um, it's not a good look for the game, in my own opinion. And they could have come out on Wednesday and said, we're going to challenge it. They even tweeted or came out with a statement that said that um, it's the wrong decision, basically. But they're not going to challenge it. So I honestly don't know. I'm clueless at this point. But Jeremy, do you want to take us through your first opinion on the tribunal news between Mitchell Robinson and... The one with Willie Rioli. Um, look, 
Don't follow me up. <laughs> Rob doesn't like what I said yesterday. No, say what you got to say. Uh, after looking at it numerous times, because uh, apparently I'm in the wrong, severely in the wrong. Um, I, to be fair, I think Willie Riley should have gotten a week. Um, William, no, this is false from what he no, said. No, 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 this is no, changed. No, okay, it, it's it's changed. Yes, but I think he should have gotten a week. But I also still think Robbo should have gotten a week. Okay, my my thing on that is exactly what you're saying. Robbo, look, I don't. I I find it very hard to understand how a player is supposed to disappear. He was standing still. Dersma hit him. It didn't hit him in the head. Hit him in the shoulder. Okay, broken collarbone. It's not great. It did originally. He did hit him in the head at the start. Yeah, well, we're watching different vision. But um, <laughs> I do have a bung eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. Look, the week for that, I can live with that if Willie Riolis wasn't overturned. Willie Riolis being overturned was just... I would have given it more than Robbo's. He's left the ground. He's turned the body. He's hit him in the head. The 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 chances of injury are so much higher in that in that instance He's lucky he hit Matt Rowell, who's a tough little nugget. If that's that's my thoughts on it, you know, um, I think if Rowell goes down with concussion, he gets multiple weeks. That's for that. right. Yeah, um, it can't be the tribunal can't assess the incidents based on the injury outcome. And, no yeah. outcome. Sh- it is potential for injury. Is what exactly. they should be doing it. We just stated on the yeah, but we got Scott Draper. Sorry, mate, but he shouldn't be playing this week. He punched a bloke. Oh, yeah, no. And he, he, he gets playing. a fine for punching somebody. Yeah, which is a premeditated act. You swing and you hit. You've got Maynard who cops two weeks in the preseason for Same a very thing. similar incident to Willie Rioli, you know, yeah. where he left the grant and should have been suspended, and Willie Rioli gets off. I've so what I was saying to my, my parents last night was, so Willie Rioli's in the shout wrong. Shout out Edmund, shout out Jody. Willie you Rioli's in the wrong, yes, but at the same time, uh, Matt Rowell is looking the opposite way, running towards a football, and if Willie Rioli gets Swept under his feet and lands on his head. What happens then? You can't tell me that Willie Rioli didn't know what he was doing. Uh, he, to be fair, he had eyes on the footy the whole time. I know, but he except left. He had, yes, he had eyes for the footy the whole time, except when he took his eyes off the footy. Yeah. The so he, he's his initial stuff, and this is where we get to a situation where we we there's two sides of of this of the coin. We're trying to protect the players' heads. We're trying to protect the potential for lawsuits coming back at the AFL in the years to come. If the AFL don't crack down on this. We're going to have players in 20 years' time suing the AFL saying, I now have brain injuries that were caused through football. Yep. So we've the AFL must be seen to be trying to stamp it out. So However, at the same time, we have got a brutal gladiatorial game where these things happen. And and what, what do we expect players to do? I don't know. Well, we don't know anymore. And Jack Rewalt and Zach Merritt said that on AFL 360 where they stated, Willie Rowley should get a week. They both yep. said it. Yep. That's the rules that have been given. It's also basically a hanger at the same time. Yeah, yeah, and I think that was one of their um, one of their arguments was yeah. that if we see a player jump from behind a player, put their knees in the back of a player's back or shoulders, we we laud that as being a, yeah, but an amazing. Front on contacts a free kick. I was a free kick. Yeah, a free kick was paid. I don't. Think and I don't even think a free kick was paid. No, it wasn't kick. paid. Yeah, no. Uh, well, that that's an error um, for sure, but. Look, I'm mystified by it. And as you said, um, Liam, before, what we end up doing is we get ourselves to a situation where the AFL kind of paint themselves into a corner that if that happens again, they should let the player off. Will that happen? I doubt it. 
I reckon the next person that goes up with that same thing will get two weeks. Well, yeah, it's it's the thing for like, I, I think Mark Robinson said it well. You know, I said he said that the AFL for them disputing it for the, at the tribunal, the AFL should be like, we should we're not going to waste our time. Here's two weeks. Yep. Um, I thought it was easily a week, and anyone that does the same thing, all all they have to do is show them the exact video that. Willie Rioli did to Matt Rowe, and it's going to be an issue. So but in, in the past, clubs have tried that, and the AFL waved it off, saying two separate incidents. And this is where... It's not. It's not, exactly. And this is where the AFL need to, I think, come, you know, move with the times, and they've got to allow precedent. Precedent is not... Precedence is not allowed in the AFL tribunal. No. If you do something in court, they'll use precedent. Yep. But in an AFL tribunal, it's no each case. Look... Let's, let's do our own podcast. Us up, but yeah. on, a, on a funny note, did anyone see the photo that um the West Coast used for Willie Riley to try and get him out of it? No. Where they um they were like he didn't hit him in the head. It was the frame before he hit him in the head, and the next <laughs> frame was him hitting him in the head. I did see that, and you see the um the spit coming out of Matt Rowe's yeah. face, <laughs> and yeah. Well, we're gonna dive into the games from the AFL on the weekend. Um, it was very good to have AFL back. Round one was a beauty in all the eyes of Carlton supporters. And great to see fans back at the MCG. Do you know what? Footy, footy back's great. It's great. But having the fans back in Melbourne was unbelievable. Rob, you were there. We'll let you touch on that yep. when we get to that those particular games. But we'll start off with round one and the first game of the season. Melbourne 14-13-97 defeated the Western Bulldogs 11-5. 71. Best on ground, Christian Petrarca. 38 touches, two goals, one, and 869 metres gained, which is massive for a midfielder. Oliver had 32. Ben Brown had three goals, three. Interesting stats for mine. The Bulldogs had more touches than Melbourne. Shows they're not using it. And this is the biggest one that I found from the game that not many people brought up, um, to be honest. So, Efficiency inside the 50, Melbourne 60%, 34 shots from 57 inside 50s, and Western Bulldogs 35%, 18 from 51. Well, they were comprehensively beaten, weren't they? They don't have enough up forward. Yep. You can't play Zane Cordy up there as a defender for f- six years, and he's not going to do You have to pay, play Ugal Hagen. Yep, they've got... They're, which he's in this week. Um how how he's getting a game? How sorry? How Josh Shackey was getting a game ahead of him oh, was bewildering. And I'm a massive Josh Shackey fan. Yeah, I think he should be playing up back. Yep. And Hugo Hagen up forward, and there that'll give them something to go for. So disappointing for the Dogs to lose round one, but they came up against the better side in the end. And I just want to get your thoughts on the Luke Beveridge post game blow up. If it wasn't for the day after and what happened there, yeah. we'd still be talking about it now. But it's it's disappeared almost, hasn't I know. it? Look, in my mind, disgraceful. Yeah, right. Showed absolutely zero respect. Poor old Tom Morris copped it the next day, and you know what he did was even worse. Yeah. I admit, mm-hmm. but it had nothing to do with what happened Wednesday night. Yeah. And the AFL seemed to have forgotten about it because the Bulldogs said we'll chuck some money to a charity. Um, Bevo, Bevo, if you, I'm sure he is listening to this, Bevo. Mm-hmm. Wake up to yourself, mate. There you go, from Big Wob from Queensland. Next game of the week. There's a headline for you. It's going to be on the Herald. Yeah. Tomorrow. <laughs> the Mighty Blues. The Mighty, the mighty, mighty Blues. Blues. It's been 10 mm. long years. Ha- hang on. Can Jez do this one, please? <laughs> no. I don't know if I can put up with this. 10 long years for the Mighty Blues fans to win round one. Um, 
Backs against the wall every time we come into this game. Yada, yada, yada. Um, and my God. I might just go to the next one now. What yeah. a win it was for the Carlton Football Club. Exciting to see all the new faces. Um, Sam Doherty back. Yeah, old face. So it's definitely an old face. Yep. Great face. Um, yeah, my good, my joy. I came to work the next morning with the theme song playing yes, from my did. phone. Uh, we'll get into some of the stats. So 14-17-101 to Richmond, 11-10-76. Probably could have won by more Carlton, to be honest, in the end. Um, Cripps, 30 goals, three, uh, 30 touches, three 30 goals. goals. Big game. <laughs> should, <laughs> should win the Coleman. Yeah, should. <laughs> 679 metres gained. Kennedy, 33, one goal, two. Chera, 30 and a goal. Doherty, 26 and a goal, 96% efficiency. Uh, the stat that kind of was a talking point of the game and kind of made the difference. 14 tackles for Carlton inside forward 50 to Richmond 1 inside forward 50. Not enough pressure for Richmond forwards. Uh, is, it, is it pressure or care factor? Well, well, the pre- so obviously it's pressure, but yeah. why aren't they putting the pressure on that they used to? It, I just think they've lost the passion. Uh, to be honest, I don't think... They've won enough as it is. Yeah, bloody oath. Well, Give someone else a go. Jack Rewalt and Tom Lynch, as soon as... As soon as it comes to the ground, they don't want to know about it. No. And poor the poor younger guys, like, oh, I'm not – if Tom Lynch doesn't mark, he's no good, to be honest, or a free kick. Um, they just didn't look good in Richmond. Uh, well, to we're we're going to cop a whole heap of deflection from Dimmer over the next few weeks, I think. Yep. Um, and Dimmer and Bevo should get together. I reckon they would be a one hell of a yeah. – Hilarious <laughs> night that would be. Listen to those two whinge. I know. Um, yeah, I, I think they're probably. I don't think they'll make the eight this year. Neither do I. I think they're done. Richmond equals done. Um, so Carlton take on the Bulldogs tonight. Very exciting game for anyone watching, and it should be a close game. Next game, Jez. It'd be the Saints versus Collingwood, where Saints uh, were disappointing, so at least. Oh, I thought they would have come out on top, but uh, they have not. Uh, Collingwood won 15 1202 to Saints 12 13 85. Dacos. Was good. First kick was a shocker though, yeah. wasn't it? Turned it over. <laughs> um, Jack Hayes on debut was unreal. It was a highlight for St Kilda, which for me comes at. It's a positive and a concern at the same time. When your debutants, your best on ground, round yep. one. A couple of them. Yeah, it was a couple during the week. Uh, the big names didn't fire for him. Just didn't. Ben no, King. Were, ben King had a better game on the weekend than Max did, and Ben's in yeah. a loop. And Ben's <laughs> got his leg in, a, in plaster or whatever. Um, they were. I, I was at this game. Yep. One of the the two games that I was able to attend in Melbourne, and a crowd of about forty thousand, which was which was nice, but at the same time disappointing because I, I really thought that they would have jam packed that place yep. on. Um, on Friday night. One of the, probably for me, because I, I did find the game, I found it a little tedious, the game, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I thought that once Collingwood got ahead, they didn't seem to be challenged until late when St Kilda actually hit the lead. When that happened, I thought the pies are gone. In fact, and this is something you don't pick up when you're watching on TV, but when St Kilda kicked that goal to hit the lead um, late in the game, I reckon there was about eight Collingwood players who were on, on the ground stretching and you know, looking like they were struggling for, yep. for running their legs. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they came back. But the highlight uh, at um, Marvel, and I do love my footy, mm-hmm. but it was a $2 pies. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah it was $2 Friday for a pie. It was back. Um, yeah, which was, like. which was 
Sorry? The Lions. The, li- the Lions were massive. And, yeah. and a bottle of soft drink cost you $9.40. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so it was still over 10 bucks for a drink and a pot. No, it wasn't. But, um, <laughs> no, look, I think Collingwood, look, I wish them all the best. And that's that's a lot coming from me um, because I've traditionally been brought up not to like Collingwood. Yep. Same. But um, before the game, seeing Craig McRae and Justin Lepich as a Lions fan, that was pretty cool to see those yeah, two boys back together. I like Craig McRae. Yep. Um, and he coached well. He did. I thought Collingwood just too good on the day. Got too far ahead. St Kilda, once again, same story every single year for the St Kilda Football Club, in my opinion. Um, got, the, got the names to do it and just don't perform. So, not good enough. Um, see how they go this week. Now, Jez, on to your team. Yeah, the most... Bitterly disappointing. My most disappointing game of the, of the round. I, uh, I thought that the Bombers were going to come out on top. So, I um, had picked them as well. Yeah, it did not happen. Uh... Bombers lost by, I don't even know how much because I, I don't want to know. Okay. 2018, 138 to Geelong. The Dons, 11, 6, 72. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, as you said before, it's pretty disappointing to see your number one player being a kid on debut. Yeah. Um, what a game, though. Oh, great what game. What a game. 27 and 5. Oh. Won the Rising Star yeah. nomination this week, yeah. so well done. Beat Nick Dacos. Yeah, and beat Rochelle. 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 Mm-hmm. Oh, I couldn't believe how good he played. But um, Dangerfield, we just could not stop him Shoots bursting so out of the middle. What what pisses me off about Geelong is that they keep doing these performances. They they produce yeah. these games. I don't know that they'll. I don't. I don't think they're going to make preliminary finals this year like they have. But I thought Essendon. I don't look. I still think Essendon will make the finals. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because let's remember. Let's go back twelve months, and the Brisbane Lions were absolutely deplorable mm-hmm. in round one against the Swans. On the Brisbane Lions' home ground, Sydney just took them apart. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the season, still finished top four. So it doesn't mean the only th- the only worry with Essendon is do they have the depth? With there's a couple of injuries that have come out of the game as well. Should get Stringer back, which yeah, will Stringer's be good. back this week. Stringer's back, so that mm-hmm. that'll make good because you know the self proclaimed number one player in football will number always make your team better. Yeah, yep. number one. Um, player, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Geelong they were impressive, and Hawkins and and Cameron Stengel. Stengel, what happened to Stengel? Where did like the kid what was? What doing? Well, getting people out that Eddie Best got him over. To be honest, yes. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I mean, he obviously had his trouble over in in Adelaide. Yep. And again, you know, like every team, I think can show that they've done that for one player. Mm-hmm. Brisbane's got Mitch Robinson. Yep. He was on the outer. Shouldn't have got a game at another club, but they mm-hmm. they gave him a chance, and that's what Tyson Stengel has has received. Um, and you know, it, was, it was fantastic. Jeremy Cameron, that injury, geez, that could have been a lot worse than yeah, what it was. I know. Um, it was pretty. Verde was the one that looked way worse and ended up. Playing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, um, and we'll see how they pull up. I've got a question for you, Rob. You yeah. were at that game, weren't you? I was at that game. Um, watching the game, it felt like Geelong were just getting free kick after free kick after free so kick. Oh, uh, here we go. Here we go. No, no, like no, no, go. Okay. Uh, I hate to say it because uh, every time. Liam what was the free kick stats? We do. Uh, no, I, I've got them. Yep. Um, what did you think? Did you think that you were second of the ball? I honestly thought, like, my dad always says this, it changes the game when a team gets free kicks in. Where they get them. It, like, where they yep. get them in the game. And Geelong always seemed to get them, like, when we were coming out of our 50 and it'd be, like, just on the 50-man line and we'd get, like, caught. Yep. Um, let's say holding the ball, but probably, like, a push in the back or something. Yep. Uh, the stats were uh, Geelong had 19 free kicks and Essendon had 20. Yep. Oh, I honestly did not believe that. Well, 
Yeah, I, I think there needs to be a stat for critical free, t- free kicks. Critical free kicks. I like the idea. But there's no rule that says there's got to be equal amount of free kicks. Oh, no. Right? So not. I think as fans we tend to fall into that trap of, oh, look at the free kick count. Mm-hmm. What Jez was saying about where the free kick takes place is probably... The mo- when I was a kid they used to have where you got your goals from and it was how many goals did you get from free kicks. Okay. It's not something we see anymore. Yeah. But um, I don't think... That, I think... I don't think the game was badly umpired. I don't I think so either. I just it just always seems like no matter whenever Geelong play, they always get just free yeah. kicks. But There's a few teams. The Bulldogs are the same. But to be fair, uh, an umpire can't really uh, be like, oh, no, it's in a good spot for Geelong. I'm not going to give them a free kick here. Yeah, I think – I think, and there's people that say that. They think you know, the umpires favour teams, but um, the umpires can't really make those split-second decisions while they're thinking back to their – they're running sheet. All right, enough about the Dons. Ooh. Sick of them. Move on. What's the worst game of the weekend? Um, Sydney GWS. We'll quickly run through these other games. We've taken Buddy. Yep. 996. Yep. 17-10, Two GWSs. 13-14-92. Isaac Heaney, 25-3. and three. Luke one, one, thing on, one thing on Isaac Heaney. Why does he never poll Brownlow votes? I know. The guy's a jet. Oh, he's, he's the best player, best... In my eyes, in two years, he's the best player in the AFL. So, yep. um, will Buddy kick his hundred uh, thousandth goal? Not year? a chance. Not a chance. Not a chance. So he'll kick two this week. Kick two. Yep. Okay. All right. Take us through the Lions, Rob. The Lions. Did they play on the weekend? Eleven fourteen eighty to Port Adelaide ten nine sixty nine. I tell you what. When the final siren went, all I said was "You bloody ripper," because okay. that was an intense game and one it was a hot footy. It was a hot footy and it was a hot day. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone's listening to this podcast, if anyone's listening at all, I guess, but if anyone's listening outside of Queensland, um, this absolute rubbish that commentators come up with, with the dew coming down on the ground and all the rest of it, it's absolute rubbish. Okay. We don't get dew in... When do we get dew in Queensland? Yeah. About June, July, August. Yeah, yeah. They were talking about it Saturday night. It wasn't the dew. It was the fact that these players were busting a gut in 28, 29 degree temperatures with 100% humidity. Mm-hmm. And I think that the quality of footy suffered, obviously, and the first half was was messy. Um, but those two teams, I think, put on a, a, good game. a great a great show of determination. I think it was a great I think it was a great game for both teams. The line just one to verse each other because you yep. see where Port Adelaide's at. No one really knew where Port Adelaide would be coming into the year, and uh, people had high hopes for Brisbane. And yeah, yeah it's closer than I thought, to be honest. And Brisbane. Honest. W- one quick question on the game. I'll, I'll leave it with this: that Lockie Neal, thank God he didn't go to Freo. Yep. He was brilliant. Mm-hmm. But I want to ask Jez a question because there's a bit of a a, a um, link to Essendon. Joe Denner at halftime. <laughs> what did, did you see it, Jez? Yeah, I saw it. What did you think? Um, to be honest, it doesn't really bother me. No, no, because um, uh, so we've got a very good mate who is also a massive Lions supporter, and yep. I was speaking to him the other night, and he was going. He said he didn't want it either because he was going to handball it to Caden Coleman, wasn't he? Uh, was it was Nakaya. Nakaya too. too. He, as he said, he was handballing it to a player who wasn't even in the game at all and he, he could have gotten a cheap goal. Yep. Would you be saying the same thing if they lost by a goal? No. Exactly right. No, but look, Joe gets up and Joe's got that grin on his face. He knows he's screwed up. He knows he's probably about to cop a serve from Fags. The only issue I have with it, now it could be... Nak- Nakia, Nakia, whatever his name is, Cockatoo's fault because he's calling for yeah, it. Yeah, don't call for it. Exactly. Um, but he didn't look. 
go yeah. down to her. He didn't look the other way. He had no idea what was coming. Um, yeah. So, well, the, you've, the you've person calling for it surely knows what's coming. Yeah, and well, I don't know if he called for it or not. You've um, you've been to footy games, haven't you, Liam? I played footy, mate. Right, you've so you've been to an AFL game, and the bench is holding up signs telling you yeah, how long's yeah, left. Yeah, yeah. That's the bit I was disappointed. In. He should have been aware of that. Yeah, game awareness. The, the the fact of what he did doesn't bother me in the slightest. Okay. But he just didn't really know where he was at the time. He probably, you know, after taking a mark like that, he was probably a bit... Oh, you have yeah. to kick it. Come on, well, come to be fair, uh, Danaher is known for sometimes missing those, so... Yeah. <laughs> All right. That hasn't changed. North, 8-10-58 versus Hawthorne, 11-12-78. Hawthorne just so, sort of ran over him. A bit disappointing from the North team, to be honest. I, I would suggest just move on. Yeah. Worst game of footy of the weekend, by I a mile. Agree. Um, and um, two teams that will be down the bottom. Yep, I agree. Jason. Sorry, it Pete. was good to see Horn Francis oh, uh, debut. He's going to be a star. Um, Simkin was ready from the start. I yeah, I think Simkin played really well for North Melbourne. Just uh, to be honest, I thought North Melbourne were going to win that game, so a bit disappointing. Now, one of the games of the week's wa- week was Adelaide and Fremantle. 12-10-82 to Adelaide, defeated by Fremantle 11-17-83. Rochelle kicked five goals, one. Keys had 37 touches. And we'll get your thoughts on the spoil that won the game. What an amazing effort. Eh? <laughs> like we, we said before, I was saying how players, we expect them to do things, you know, in, in that split second. Yeah, yeah. For him to jump, because he had to jump high, and then to paddle the ball back into play where there was every opportunity that an Adelaide Crows player yep. could have been there. That's but, what I thought. But he got it to the spot where um, there was three Fremantle players. Mm-hmm. Jez is shaking his head because I think he still can't believe what he oh, did. Oh, it was unreal. Yeah. And the best thing about it was it's not even spoken about. He got the ball back and kicked it outside 50. Unbelievable. So I've only seen it once. I've only ever seen a, a more intelligent play once, and it's funny because the guy I'm going to mention, and we're talking, we might be going back to 1998, I think, mm-hmm. um, and it was Justin Lepich. Okay. And he did the exact opposite. There was a situation deep in the at the Gary Ablett stand end of, the, of Cardinia Park. Brisbane were trailing by a point. Um, there was seconds left on the on the thing. There was a disputed ball. Now there was no chance of Brisbane kicking a goal, and he just literally thumped it through for a point to get the draw. Yeah. So right. great. Two w- points is vital. The 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 opposite of Joe Denneher, Great awareness of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Was a good game. Um, Adelaide a little bit unlucky, in my opinion. Um, but you you know you take the wins with the losses and move on. Gold Coast Suns. Good to see them get a win. Um, 16, 11, 107 to 12, 8, 80 defeated the West Coast Eagles. Um, so also if you don't know, Rob is on Queensland corridor footy, takes us, takes us through all things Queensland footy related, whether that be AFL, AFLW, or just the local leagues around the Queensland area, Southeast Queensland area. Now, good win by the Suns. Should have in um, my opinion. Yeah, they should have won, but to kick eight goals in the last quarter is a good effort. Good. Yep, for sure. Isaac Rankin, watch him. I know. That's this year, I, I think consistency is his key, but if he can produce those performances. And the, the thing with the Suns is they don't have that tall forward. So any kick inside 50, whether it be a, a dribble, a hack kick, it works. One of your ex-players, Levi, Levi Casbolt, the much maligned player. Yeah, Everyone yeah. likes to have a pot shot at him. Mm-hmm. The one thing Casbolt does is he, he makes a contest. He brings it to ground. And he brings time. it to ground. He may not mark it, mm-hmm. that's, but um, Rankin will definitely benefit from that. That's going to wrap us up for the AFL review. We hope you enjoyed that. Now, 
We missed it on the start of the podcast. So I want to get back to it just quickly. Weekly hero and a weekly doomsday scenario. And then we'll get into the bet of the week. Um, so my weekly hero was Sam Doherty. I thought the atmosphere after he kicked the goal was just amazing. Um, it's good to see him back. No one thought he'd be there. Neither did he. Um, and to see even the Richmond fans support him was my weekly hero. Now, my week, weekly doomsday scenario for this week is Buddy Franklin's on 999 and he kicks a point. <laughs> um, I think <laughs> I think there could be a delay in the game there even if he kicks a point. But, uh, yeah, that's my doomsday scenario, Jez. Uh, mine, uh, my hero is uh, Nick Martin. He's uh, really played very good on the weekend. Yep. Uh, he was the only person to show up for Essen. Uh, me... Doomsday is uh, Essendon to get absolutely rolled by the Lions again. It's a big loss if that happens for Essendon. It's uh, talking. Wow. It's, wow. it's uh, Doomsday. Rob, do you have a hero? Of hero the for me, look, not a sport we talked about today, but Ash Barty. Yep. Um, retiring at the age of 25. Mm-hmm. She's today cited just a physical and emotional, emotionally yep. just drained. And um, what a courageous decision for uh, a an decision. absolute champion. She said, and the thing I liked about her in her retirement speech was she said, I've given everything... Everything to the sport, and for me, that's enough. If you yep. can't give any more, and you've given absolutely everything to a sport that you're passionate about, and you can't get, and you don't want, that's that's your limit. Good, good on you. Yep, Seriously. absolutely. Um, you got a doomsday. A doomsday would be for me. Doomsday for me would be that the legless pedestrians don't get up tonight. <laughs> so, so if you don't, if you're not aware, um, Rob is our coach slash captain. Doesn't play though. Non-playing. Non-practicing. So I've taken the captaincy role, and we're yet to win a game in indoor cricket. Um, we have that umpire again tonight, so we'll see how we go. Um, yes. Yes. Nervous, Hopefully, nervous mate, all I'm going to ask you to do is bring a coin tonight. So. Yeah. Oh, no. I like the um, option from last week. All right, Jez, bet of the week. <laughs> Drop me pen. My, my <laughs> thinking, bet. About, thinking about the umpire. My bet of the week is uh, Petrarca for a goal and 25-plus. Mm-hmm. Buddy Franklin for two goals. Mackay for two goals, Dunkley for 25 plus, and Oliver Henry for a goal. And all that's $5.10. I was trying to go for higher, but I couldn't. Bargain, if you ask me. Rob, you have a best bet? I do. I've got um, the Fremantle Dockers to win head-to-head. Joe Danaher to kick three goals or more. Yep. I also then have Matt Rowell to have more than 25 possessions. I like it. And I think the other one there is... Oh, wait, hang on. I've lost that. What am I doing to myself here? Oh, that's right. I've got um, the Swans to win by 19 points, uh, by 20 points or more. Okay. That will pay you a massive $14.06 for there your dollar. There you go, 10 bucks to 140 And my best bet of the week is Joe Danaher to kick two goals, Brisbane to beat Essendon. Loving that one. Tom Green, 25 plus, GWS to beat Richmond. Harry Mackay, two goals, and Matt, Matt Kennedy get 25 plus, and that gives you $10.10. So if you're interested in putting those bets on, we'll take a tally each week and we'll see how we go. Um, but thank you, Rob, for coming on the podcast. We Thanks for having me. It's good fun. A- uh, analyst and your journalism that you provide <laughs> to this show. Jeremy, you want to do the local sponsor? Local sponsor? Yeah. Oh, I'll do the local sponsor then. Just before we leave, we've got a, a word from our local sponsor, Platinum Standard Grading. Get your trading card slabbed here. It's the Platinum way. The new standard is here. Hashtag go Platinum. So thank you, Platinum Standard Grading, for sponsoring the podcast. Um, Fantastic company. Yeah, they are. 
And on that note, 2% out. Uh, uh, I just want milk that tastes like real milk. This tastes like full cream milk. And only 2%, two, two, two percent fat. <laughs>